Welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast, where we chat money, mindset, and every once in a while, we talk about muscles. I am so excited for you to be here right now, because there are so many other things that you could be doing with your life. You could be painting your boat. You could be reorganizing your house. You could be transferring all of the things in your refrigerators into glass containers so that you can actually find things. There are all these other things that you could be doing, but you are taking the time to hang out with me right now, and I'm so, so great. Today's episode is going to be super quick. And to the point, we are going to be chatting my most asked questions. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, welcome back, y'all. I'm so excited that you are here with me today. So for the last week or so since my last episode, y'all have been sliding into my DMs on Instagram, hit me up on Facebook, asking me this, that, and the other thing questions. So I pulled out the ones that I was getting the most and the ones that I think are going to be the most valuable, and I'm just going to go over those super quick. So the first question that I got was, is there such a thing as good debt? Because I'm always so adamant that you want to be debt free, you want to pay up all your debts as soon as you possibly can. Now, I do think there is good debt and I do think there is bad debt. I consider bad debt to be credit cards. And when I say credit cards, I mean frivolous spending on credit cards. I don't necessarily mean care credit. I know that is a health credit card. You can only use it for medical and dental procedures. I myself used that a couple years back. Now, things like that that are being used for a very specific thing, like you aren't able to to use them on anything else. I don't necessarily consider that bad debt credit card, but I would be very wary of it. I do think that generally you can work out payment arrangements with your either dentist or physician. You can work out, you can pay this much up front and then you'll make a payment plan, which is not going to give you the interest rate that those, like even though it's only being able to use for that medical stuff, you're still going to be accruing interest. So I do caution against that. It's just a lot easier just to go straight to the source and be like, this is a very expensive procedure, but I can give you this much money and I can set up to give you this much money going forward. So that's kind of gray line, good debt, bad debt, but bad credit card debt is spending outside of your means, maintaining a really frivolous, unnecessary lifestyle. If you're buying clothes and electronics and cars on credit cards because you just plan to pay it off later, that's a really, really poor use of debt. Now, I went to college and I took out a lot, a lot, a lot of loans. I took out a lot of loans for college. So many millions of us are. For this, I don't consider it bad debt necessarily. I think it was very important that I went to college and I consider it was very, very important for me to get the degrees that I did. Granted, I'm not using them now, but that's not the point. I loved going to college and the fact that I had to take out those debt in order to do that is fine with me. Could I have been smarter about it? Absolutely. Should I have been working and paying off my debts more in college? Absolutely. Should I have been seeing what schools were going to be cheaper so that I wouldn't have to take out so much loans? Should I have been paying for college in cash? Probably. Is it absolutely possible that I could have? Yeah, I really probably could have and I should have, but I had poor money management. I consider my education good debt as well as any kind of medical bills necessarily. I consider those good debt in just terms of they kept you alive. I think about debt in terms of is it good for your life? Is it good for you? Did it do something good for you? My college education was good for me. The medical debts I had saved my life to some extent, really helped 
helped me put things back together. If I didn't have the medical debt that I did, there's a chance that maybe I wouldn't be here right now. So in terms of keeping me alive, good debt was good debt. Bad debt is anything that's absolutely avoidable that's not really adding to your life in a way that you couldn't do in any other way. You could save for all of the clothes that you want and pay for them in cash. You don't have to put them on a credit card. I had to put myself into debt for student loans. I had to get those medical bills for my life security. There's definitely good debt, definitely bad debt. How you want to handle either of them is definitely up to you. So the next question I got was how much you should have in your emergency fund. Now, I think there are two tiers to having an emergency fund. The first tier of having your emergency fund is when you're working on paying off your debts. This is going to be your $1,000 that you want to have at all times as a backup for anything that goes wrong in your life. Having this $1,000 emergency fund is going to make you feel so freaking confident and good in your decisions because that's going to be there for you regardless of what else is happening. So I want you to get to that thousand dollars in your emergency fund as fast as possible. This is going to be cutting corners on saving, budgeting in, like working extra hours, picking up different shifts. It's going to be getting that money any way possible for your thousand dollar emergency fund that's going to exist in the bank while you're working on paying off all of your other debts. You want to have that thousand in the bank while you're paying off your debts. Now once you are debt free, the dream, the goal, Everything that you want to do with your emergency fund is going to come after you're debt-free. Once you're debt-free, your next big step is going to be getting three to six months of living expenses put in the bank. Now, you might think that that sounds like a ton of money, but think about it. You don't have your student loan payments. You don't have your credit card payments. You don't have your car payments. You don't have all these extra payments every month that you were making. So you can just pour all of that money straight into your savings. You can build that new emergency fund the three to six months expenses you're gonna want to have that so then you feel good so you could move across the country you could potentially lose your job you could quit your job if you don't like your job and find something better it's gonna give you that security net that we're all really really craving in life so first tier emergency fund it's gonna be your thousand dollars you're gonna have while you're paying off your debt second tier is gonna be having three to six months of expenses in there after you've paid off your debts we definitely definitely love that now the next thing I get asked about is your retirement account. When should you be starting to save for retirement? And my answer to that is if you just asked when you should start saving for retirement, the answer is probably five years ago. There is so much change in our world right now that the benefits that are available to most people when they retire right now with social security is not necessarily going to be there when you are potentially of age. The world keeps getting more expensive. Things keep getting more and more expensive. And because of that, you're going to need more more money to sustain a really solid lifestyle. Gone are the days where $100,000 could get you through retirement. That is chump change. That is maybe at a bare minimum three to four years. And that's not if you're in a skilled nursing home, in your own home. It's just not enough money. So I suggest that you start saving for retirement as soon as possible. And that's not necessarily pausing your debt snowball, not focusing on taking that from your emergency funds. It's if you are employed at a job that has 401k or retirement benefits, you should be matching those. Match them every step of the way. That is such a key thing that you'll be able to take with you. You can roll your 401k if you leave that job into an IRA or another 401k. So that money will stay with you and you can be saving. Just little things like that. Another really good, easy, simple retirement is investing in IRAs or CDs. 
I would get with a licensed financial planner to figure out what is going to be the best for you, but you should absolutely be saving for retirement right now, today, so that you can really, really have the life that you're looking for later on. Now, I'm not saying take a huge portion of your income and put it towards retirement. You could put literally like $50 aside and that's still going to be a start. It's going to get you started. It's going to get you in the habit of saving for retirement so that eventually you'll be saving more and more and more and more. And we love that. We want to have more saved. More savings means more doing, means more things that you can do with your life. And we really want that. You want to be able to have fun when you're retired. You did not work your whole life to not get to enjoy it. And I really, really think that's super valuable. What kind of money community do you have? And I don't mean what kind of investments do you have? What banks do you have your money in? I mean your money community. The people that you go to when you aren't sure about something with money, when you want to celebrate a success with money, when you just need a better grip on your money mindset and some outside resources. What is your money community? Is it just Googling? Is it Instagram? Is it Pinterest? Are you already in a Facebook group? Is that Facebook group helping you? Well, I'm hoping that my group will be able to help you. It's called MoneyWorks. I just launched it. It's new on Facebook and it is going to be such a key resource. I'm going to have outside tips, tricks, budget tools, really anything you need under the sun to make money your friend, and just a really good community for us to hang out and ask the tough questions and celebrate the win. Not everyone's going to understand why you want to manage your money, why you want to get debt free. This is a community of money freedom, and I'm so excited for you to be joining with us. The link is going to be in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. Now this next question I laughed out loud about. Someone asked me, do you need to have a budget if you don't have any debt? I think you should have a budget no matter what. If you have money coming in and you have money going out, you should have a budget. If you're debt free already, you are amazing and I was so excited for this person, but I absolutely still, still believe that you need to have a budget because you got debt free, because you were tracking where your money was coming in and where it was going. And I don't think that just suddenly stopping that budget is going to necessarily hurt you a whole lot right away but later on down the road when all of a sudden you're still maybe not in debt but you have less money than you were hoping for something happens and it's very expensive like a medical thing happens a new car like your car craps out on you and you have to get a new car something really really expensive could happen and if you haven't really been budgeting or saving and you've just been willy-nilly with your money that could actually hurt you and could potentially put you back into debt of some kind so I really stress you should always 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 have a budget you're just starting out you need a budget. You need to know every single ounce of your money, every single cent. And if you have never made a budget before, that's okay. I spent like a year of my life crafting the perfect budget, paying off $26,000 in loans. So that budget planner you're going to be able to get, it is a free download that I have. It will be linked in the show notes. It's super quick. It's super easy. And it's going to give you every single thing you need to make that budget, where your income's coming in from, how you should be saving, what your expenses are, how you can cut expenses, what your emergency fund is, all of these little things that you might not think Think about or you might overlook that's going to be on that budget it took me like a year and a half to get it down to the exact science of what we need to know in and out every month to be really confident in our money management and i'm offering it to y'all for free it's super easy it's super quick it's a fun color scheme so i hope y'all like it all right so this next question i 
have a lot of different kind of ways that I wanted to address it. So this person messaged me and she was like, so I'm a shopaholic. How can I limit my spending when I still want to have things? And so for that, I kind of walked her through a couple of things. I wanted to see where she was at financially and how she was doing that. So she's really well off financially. She's not overly concerned about bills, things like that. She's got minimal debt and she's making those payments, but she's still always wanting to shop. We can still work with that because we want to not make it so restrictive. Like I think you should be very restrictive on a budget, but if you are someone who knows that you cannot do all or nothing, and you can probably try to resist, resist, resist shopping, but then you're just gonna go off the deep end and it's gonna be so much worse than it could have been. So my suggestions for her was to budget in her shopping limits. And the way that I wanted her to budget in her shopping limits is she would know what all her bills were and she had to pay her bills early in the month. So that was everything upfront as soon as possible. So she paid her rent, her utilities, her phone, everything that she needed to pay throughout the month, she had to pay it up. Front. And that actually limited her from having too much money to run with in the first place. She spent all of it in the first two weeks of the month. So the last two weeks, she was actually a little bit tighter on money. What I told her to do for her limit on that spending is to pull out that cash from her bank, pull it out directly, leave her cards at home. And I wanted her to either use cash, or if she really wanted to use a card, to go and get a prepaid card that she could load with however much her budget of spending is and that's what she was gonna get and I recommended the prepaid card necessarily because you can refill those so say this month she's only gonna spend $300 on stuff but her budget was 500 having that prepaid card gives you a little bit more wiggle room going forward and that kind of controls your spending because once you're out of that money you're out so you're gonna be budgeting yourself in terms of that card it's also not gonna be attached to your bank account having it not attached to your actual bank account where it can just pull more money that's a really key thing that's why I always suggest you either take it out in cash or you put it on something else that's gonna limit you once you hit zero you hit zero and you have to stop Okay, so one of the last couple things I want to talk about is just the world with coronavirus and money. As I'm recording this, it is the week that the stimulus checks have come out. They have hit a lot of people's bank accounts. There are a lot of people who still have not gotten them. And I just kind of wanted to touch base on that. So the stimulus checks is part of the $2 trillion, not necessarily bailout, but kind of a bailout. Um, legislation that was ruled out by the government that states that every adult over 18 who's filed their taxes in 2018 or 2019 or they meet some other requirements, which is going to be an income requirement of made less than $12,000, are already on Social Security, railroad benefits, and then there's like a couple others. If you meet those, then you are going to get a check for $1,200. And then for every child under the age of 16, you are going to get a $500 additional for them. So those have been rolling out all week and it has been it has been an extensive feat. The amount of money going into the economy right now is incredible. But the rollout of it has not been as effective. Some people have gotten it already through their direct deposit. Others are getting it staggered. Some have had to re-update their information. Some people's money has gone to other accounts, old accounts that they don't have. So there is a lot, a lot of confusion going on with that. And I cannot stress this enough. Go to the IRS website. 
website. Go to irs.gov and track your check. They launched their app that lets you track your check because the rollout was not all going to happen in one day. It just wasn't. There was no feasible way for that amount of money and for the scale of this to happen in one day. So it is going to happen in waves. People are getting money each and every day. Starting on the 20th, the paper checks are going to be mailed out. And this is for everyone who didn't have direct deposit info or who just preferred a paper check. So that's going to happen on the 20th. And that rollout is really, really going to take several, several weeks, if not months, for everyone to get it. They have to print those checks. Those checks have to go to mail and that mail has to get to you. If you want to know where your check is or you're not sure if you qualify or you have no idea what I'm even talking about and you're like, oh my gosh, there's money I could be getting, go to irs.gov. This is going to be your focal point. Their fact sheet, I go to their fact sheets, even though I already got my stimulus check, I look at their fact sheets just so that I'm up to date for you all every single day and their FAQs are honestly so good. And I'm saying something good about the IRS website because it is user-friendly right now. All of the questions are easily answered. You can search. They are doing the absolute best they can and it's really actually impressive. If you do try to call them, it is gonna be a long wait time. I suggest that you get some popcorn and a drink and you'll watch something on Netflix and you just leave the phone on speaker so you can be there when they actually need you. And kind of in terms of that, you if you are filing for unemployment, 22 million other Americans, unemployment is going to be backed up. It is already an underfunded, underutilized government platform. They already have data technology. Their websites are not the best. They do not have enough staffing. They are underfunded. All of these things. So if you are filing for unemployment, I urge you, I urge you to be nice to these people, to not freak out on these people, practice patience. And I know that's so hard when you filed for unemployment a month ago and your case is still pending and you need that money now. I realize how hard it is to practice patience for that, but they are doing their best. 13% of the population is not working right now. That is insane amounts of numbers. So all of those people are all filing for unemployment in all of their states. See if your state website is starting to stagger when you can file your certification claims, see what they're doing to streamline the process. Just go into it knowing that it is going to take some time. You are going to have to be patient and they're doing the very best that they can. They're doing the best that they can with the resources they have. You are not the only one having issues. They have nothing against you. It's just the way it is right now. So I urge you, practice patience. Take the time where you aren't really spending any money to look at what you can spend. If you were really, really needing that money right now, I urge you to reach out to your bill companies, to your mortgage lenders, your renters, and let them know. They will work with you during this unprecedented pandemic, they will work with you. Your lights are not going to get shut off. You're not going to get evicted. Those things are on hold. You will eventually have to pay those things, but right now all of that is on hold. You can work something out. I guarantee you, you can work something out with every single entity that you owe money to. You can work it out right now. So just be patient with unemployment. Reach out to your finances. You will get through this. I promise it is going to be hard and we are still in for a couple more rough weeks, if not rough months, but we will get through this. Financially, you will get through this. And so that is all that I have for you guys today. 
I hope any of these tips were helpful. If you have any other money questions, absolutely hit me up on Instagram, take a screenshot of this, tag me in a question, slide into my DMs. I am always, always in my DMs and I will always do my best to answer y'all's money questions. If I don't know the answer, I will go into absolute research mode and I will find out. I love to find this stuff out. I'd love to know where the money is in the world and answer your questions as best I can. Without further ado, I will talk to y'all on the next one and have a wonderful day.